Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We're coming to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Sean Pendergast is on his way to John Lopez's son's wedding. I'll be there on Sunday. So this morning we have a treat. We have John Harris for four hours. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, that I guess that explains. Wait a second. When did you say his uh, wedding is? It's, uh, it's uh, Saturday evening at 5.30 p.m. Okay. <laughs> Eastern. And today's Thursday. And <laughs> yeah, I know it's yeah, Thursday yeah. because Captain Mickey was on, so I know it's yeah. Thursday. So, oh. Okay, so Sean just getting a couple extra days, I see. He's got a lot of other stuff planned. He's actually oh, got a pretty busy... It okay. sounds like a lot of work for a vacation. He's got like a Broadway show. Oh, he's got, I think he's got a concert or something. Yeah, he's gone all the way through until next Tuesday morning. I so. will give my wife a little bit of credit, Seth. The fact that when my wife wants to go on vacation, she wants yeah. to go to the beach, and that's it. Like, go to the oh, beach really? and sit and drink wine, and that's it. For how long? How long could she as handle As long that? as she could. I mean, Really? Yeah. Oh, she would go. Okay. I mean, she wants to move down to Galveston, which I would be yeah. all about. Like, just be at the beach. That would be every. That's all. She wants to go down there, walk on the beach, sit on the beach. If we're there for a long extended period of time, paint, because that's what she does. She's an artist. Oh. Uh, and then have yeah. dinners and drink wine. And that's it. Yeah. She doesn't okay, want to do, that's you good. know, like, go to do shows well, and sightseeing part. and, yeah. The painting yeah, part, the yeah. painting part is big. Part I did. I, I had a great aunt and uncle who lived at the beach when they retired, and they did it like they've got their feet in the water every day. Every day, like they took full advantage. They lived that artist lifestyle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's an awesome artist lifestyle, unless it includes you driving uh, a total of two hours per day <laughs> up, uh, up to NRG Stadium and back. Hashtag remote work. That's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they got broadband in Galveston now. <laughs> yeah, as long so, as you yeah. got broadband, you're fine. I'm good. Um, well, you you were at the combine last week, yeah. And you know, Sean and I were in West Palm Beach at Astro Spring Training as all the combine festivities started. And and I felt like I I felt like I was missing out on an event that really wasn't even a big event until a few years ago when the NFL just started pushing it hardcore. Yeah. And it broke all kinds of ratings records for uh, for viewership and everything this past go-around. Have you I, – I, I would imagine the first time you went, you know, as a longtime, you know, uh, d- draft expert and all of that, you were probably just uh, it, it, it elated as hell. Has it gotten kind of mundane for you, or is it still exciting? Man, I, I love it. It's it's just yeah. a place where everything's going on. Like I mean, of course, my Twitter feed is full of you know football people, but it just feels like you're in the spot where everything is happening. And when a prospect says something at the podium, it's like you're you know the Twitter just goes off, and it's like I was standing right there. You know, it was like yeah. <laughs> you know one of the big ones was Darnell Washington walking up to his podium, and yeah. I mean it's like you see Darnell Washington from Georgia, tight end, he's six seven two sixty five, and you watch him walk to the podium. And you just have this, like, I mean, I guess I can say this. You know, when you see somebody beautiful, 
You're just like, damn. I mean, that's Darnell Washington was like beautiful in a different way. I'm like, like damn. Like a sculpture. Oh, like a, yeah. Like you're, you're taking in something Michelangelo yes, sculpted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I was, standing, I, I, I was standing right by the podium. I was like, man, am I yeah. going to get in that video? I didn't get in the video, but either Dude, way, you're you just what, like though? right in the midst of everything. That as far as that, like it is a weird, it's a weird phenomenon because you see it a lot in the NFL when you're around. Is that there are certain guys that are just they're different human beings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can almost I don't want to get I don't want to get too Aaron Rodgers ish here, but there is almost an aura about some guys yes. like with Cam Newton, and because I I don't expect it ever because I've been around enough NFL players, but there are certain guys that's like Cam Newton. The first time I was like. In in the same room as Cam Newton, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy's like a star. Yeah. Like, there's just something about him. Like, he doesn't. Normal human beings don't look like him. Like, yeah. his, his size and like he's a good looking dude, and he's just got a certain confidence about him. I thought Tim Tebow was the same way, yeah. and I was like, uh, Landry had the same experience. Like, I was I was dead set against liking Tim Tebow. Then you spend like 30 seconds around him, and you're like, oh, oh, I get it. Okay, this guy's just different somehow. Yeah, it's funny you say that about about Cam Newton because. You've been around, you've been around like hashtag built different. Like I see, I see these high school, you know, student athletes who put built different because I just did five reps at two twenty five. Uh, okay, well, hold up there, Sparky. Um, there are yeah. plenty of people who do that. Cam Newton, Cam Newton was truly built different. We went to Carolina in fifteen. We're going back to Carolina this year, so maybe think about it. Then you brought up Cam Newton. I find it fascinating when the one percent. Of the entire population, i.e., NFL players, see a player like Cam Newton and they're blown away. So at the in 2015, we go to Carolina. We got Char- oh, We got the Panthers' second game of the year, and we just got blitzed by the Chiefs. And so we're going to Carolina. Like, oh man, okay. We didn't at that point. We didn't really know how good Carolina was, but they were loaded. So yeah, yeah. Before the game, we had three defensive backs, and I wish I knew who it was. I think Andre Howe was one of them. I can't remember, but there was three defensive backs, and it's kind of pre pregame, and they're just kind of kind of jogging up and down the field. So they jog down the field, and as they're jogging, they're jogging in the direction in which the Panthers come out of the locker room. So they get to about the 30-yard line or so, and Cam comes flying out of the locker room. And he's got a Superman, like, spandex top. He's got, like, high top Under Armour. He's got a bandana on. He's got his, his, I think he had beats on. And you know Cam. He's just like, yeah, he's just singing to the music, and he's just you know, going nuts. He goes by those three defensive backs, and this is when I knew we were in trouble. He ran <laughs> he ran by the three, and I swear to God, you've seen that meme where the guy is holding the girl's hand and he looks back at the other girl? All yeah, yeah. three of them looked <laughs> back at him as if we're playing him today, and I was like, I yeah. knew we were toast. I knew it. They all just <laughs> gawked at him, and then he ran by me, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I mean, like 6'5", 6'6", 250. I'm like, yeah. You're quarterback for real? Like, well, those who are, are the guys. You? Quarterbacks in general, a lot of times, and I know Bryce Young's not one of them, but a lot of times quarterbacks are the guys that are bigger than you expect. Like, usually with NFL players, you're, they're smaller than you expect yeah. because you're, they're built up in your mind. Yeah, yeah. But then some guys, like J.J. Watt was like this too. You meet him in person, you're like, oh, this dude could actually weigh 340 and carry it pretty yep. well if he wanted Absolutely. to. Absolutely. Was there, was there anybody at the Combine this year that you felt that about? Like, that they were, like I was thinking of the Van Ness kid, yeah. uh, the, the defensive Lucas, lineman. Lucas Van Ness, it's so funny because – you know, every now and again, you just kind of have the same thought as somebody. And I had this thought. I was I did for my Harris 100 at footballtakeover.com. I did a player comp this year for everybody. And I like doing that. And it's 
it's also kind of bad, too, because people are like, he doesn't play like that guy, or wait a second, you only comped him to him because he's white and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've been thinking about a comp for Lucas Van Ness, and I was like, man, that movie Cocaine Bear is coming out. Like, he's yeah. probably, like, I hadn't seen it, but I was like, it just sounds like the way they play. Well, then Dane Brugger, I'm talking not two days later, was <laughs> used that as his comp. I was like, okay, I won't use that. But, yeah, he's he's 275, and you look at him and go, Yo, he could carry another probably 10 to 15 really, really easily. Um, well, that's but, where, yeah. And so, you, like, the temptation is to say J.J. Watt, right? Right, you, absolutely. But then, but then you're like, all right, I'm just comparing a white guy to another white guy. Yeah, I'm, and, and I my try first so hard. Was, yeah, like Van Ness is like 270, 275, but, but he's got a bigger frame like that. Huh? Yeah, he does. And he, he, you know, it's funny, Seth, because he was a, going into the season, he was a backup defensive tackle. Yeah. He was going to be the backup three technique for Iowa. And he didn't start a lot of games. And he would come in, and, and all of a sudden, he, it was like one of the guys you would come in, you could just see like offensive line and go, oh, God, this guy's coming in. Uh. And, <laughs> and he's fresh. And he's fresh. He's fresh and then legs, he would, yeah. And then, he'd, and then he'd line up as a stand-up five technique outside eye of the tackle and rush from out there. And then he'd put his hand in the dirt, and he'd stop quarterback sneaks. Lucas Van Ness is a name that's been mocked a lot to the Texans. And – I'd have no problem with that because I think he would fit in this defense really, really well. But, of course, everybody would go, oh, that's Nick Bosa. That's Joey Bosa. That's J.J. Watt. Like, nah, not not quite. Those dudes had – well, first of all, J.J. was almost was 300 pounds. Uh, you know, Bosa and B- Bosa brothers have got serious twitch. Van Ness doesn't have quite yeah. that twitch. He's a great athlete. But he's been a guy mocked to the Texans a lot at number 12. And I know uh, that'll be interesting. We can talk about that later on too. But I know people want offense, but – I do think there's some edge players at number 12 that could be really interesting because 275, 280, bigger than most edge players, but can bounce inside, outside, and you just you get kind of Trayvon Walker vibes from some of them. So that would be, and I know he didn't have a great season with Jacksonville, but I think he's on his way to being pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's guys like that. Keon White from Georgia Tech was another one. Oh, my God. He didn't run the 40. He did a lot of other things, but just seeing him up close, and it's like, man – the things hanging from his shoulders, those arms are like, what is that? Like, that's just so non-human. Like, what are it's you? Hard, it's hard to it's hard to with pass rushers. I mean, the flat-out fact of the matter is because I was always, you know, like I wasn't a great tester or anything, and I always felt like ah, the physical testing is overrated. But when it comes down to it, the guys who end up being the the 15 plus sack per year type guys tend to be physical freaks. Yeah. Like there's just, it's almost a prerequisite. Yeah. There's very few guys. There's very few guys who grind their way to 18 or 19 sacks in a season. Yeah. You're right about that. When you go back and look at the number, Lawrence Taylor. Okay. JJ Watt. I didn't, I forgot that JJ Watt had a 37 and a half inch vertical. At two ninety, yeah. I forget. Because I mean, he didn't, what? he didn't run a great forty, right? Yeah, he didn't he run didn't. a great forty, and people don't realize how explosive yeah. he actually was. And that's yeah. what everybody everybody sees the forty, and they're like, ah. And then you look at the <laughs> other numbers, like Peter Skaronsky, a tackle slash, I think he could be a guard from Northwestern. He's he he's the top offensive lineman on my board, but I think he could move into guard. And he ran like a five one six, you know, forty. It was like, oh, he's not athletic. And then he goes over at 315 pounds and jumped 34 and a half inches on the vertical. You're like, okay, that's that's <laughs> damn athletic. So, yeah, th- those those kind of guys, uh, I just I shake my head like, oh, man, holy <laughs> smokes. And then, of course, the fast guys blow you away too. But let me ask you this, and this is something we could chew on. How would you feel? How would you feel about 
a six foot, two hundred eighty pound defensive tackle who might be the best pound for pound athlete in this draft. How would you oh. feel about that? Let me. Uh, I will answer that coming up next. My gut, my gut instinct tells me that I'd feel good about it. Uh, I also want to talk about one group of people who are very, very confident. Apparently, that Aaron Rodgers is not only going to come to the Jets, uh, but that he is actually going to dominate. And not to mention Aaron Rodgers' teammates uh, just openly lusting after him, despite the fact that Zach Wilson is still on the roster. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. John is on vacation right now, and John Harris is in with me all this morning. We're having a good time talking about the draft prospects, and uh, John mentioned one guy who, uh, John, you said a six foot one, two 280-pound chiseled from stone defensive lineman, and I yeah. thought, well, Aaron Donald might not even want to play football anymore, uh, <laughs> but you're telling me that this is a draft prospect yes. that the Texans might be interested in. And okay. ironically, he also played at Pitt, and his name is yeah. Kalijah Kansi. And I've, I've seen one time, and it was Chad Reuter from NFL.com, and it's funny because I saw his mock draft the day after I did my I – did, I did study on Cansey back in the summer, and I'm like, whew, this guy is phenomenally quick and disruptive, 
And then I thought he was even better. If you if you watch Canty in the Tennessee game, by halftime he's got like three or four just wow plays. Yeah. And then you see him at Pitt uniform. That's the other one. It's like you compare white guy to white guy. You compare guys that went to the same college. And I'm like, okay, but I have a longstanding rule. There are two players, at least I know of in my head, I will never comp anybody to. Yeah. And one is Aaron Donald. And the other is our good pal J.J. Watt. Neither one. Yeah. I just, you can't, you, uh, those two, it's, it's not It's doing putting it. too much on a guy, right? Yeah. Like to say, okay, that's yeah. a, he'll be an all-time great. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. And so I, I was like, okay. I immediately knew when I was watching Canty, I was like, he's got elements of Donald. But Donald's, I mean, Donald and J.J. arguably two of the top five defensive players ever play. Arguably yeah. two of the top three interior players, whatever you want to classify J.J. as, to ever play the game. Eh, that's hard. But thankfully, Ed Oliver came to mind, and I was like, "Okay, Ed." In my list, Ed at six one. Pff, he's six foot. Um, I have a great story about Ed when it came to measuring uh, the day of the Houston Pro Day, and they called his name out, and he had measured at the combine. And you think, okay, well, if you're six one to combine, you'll be six one in Houston. Nope. He just walked right by the scale, and he walked right by the guy measuring the height, and he just waved at the scouts. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and he went and did his on field workout. Um, so I asked you, and then with the Texans focus, yeah, a six foot, six foot one, two hundred and eighty five, eighty six, whatever he is, pound interior defensive tackle in a four man surface here in Houston. Would you do it at twelve? How would you feel about that? The the thing with Kalijah Canty, um, compared to Aaron Donald, this would be my big concern, is that Aaron Donald when he does get double teamed. Like in the run game, he turns into Ted Washington. Like he <laughs> yeah. turns into like a, like an actual nose tackle who doesn't get moved off his spot, which is rare for a guy that's a smaller. Like if you think, think about back in the day, John Randall. John Randall wasn't like a guy that was going to stand up the double teams or keep guys off of linebackers. Right. But Aaron Donald is able to do that, and I feel like I feel like D'Amico really cares about stopping the run. A lot of times, teams that have attacking defensive fronts, like a Lovey Smith type of front or like Buffalo, they don't necessarily do all that great at stopping the run where I feel like D'Amico wants to have that attacking front but still cares about stopping the run. That's my big concern with Cansey. When I when I came out of the study of Cansey, I felt like to your point about handling double teams, I feel like what he ends up doing with double teams is A, he makes because he is shorter and not as stout, he's got a little bit smaller target and he understands that. So what he ends up doing at double teams is he attacks one of the guys. Yeah. Like when he feels a double team, he will attack one guy and make himself such a small target that the other guy can't really get a good shot on him. And the other thing, and and so I thought that's kind of an innate thing. The other thing was I saw him completely dominate Tennessee's 325-pound left guard, Jerome Carvin. Like dominate, physically dominate him. Like that guy couldn't move Cansey off the ball. And I was like, he's given up almost 50 pounds to him. Now, Carvin is not like some of the guys he's going to see in the NFL, but I felt like if he could hold up to that size, he's going to have an opportunity, at least one-on-one, to hold up. But he does a really good job of not taking that, that double team on yeah. and giving a big old target, and I think that helps him. He's kind of lear- he's learned how to play a position where you feel like you need to be big, and he's learned how to play it small and still be strong and productive on the inside. So, look, is he going to be a, a dominant run st- stuffer? No. But 
If you run at him, you might have success. You run away from him, you can forget it. He'll run it down. Yeah, yeah. I am um, dominating running it down. That would be fun to watch. No, I am. Look, I'm, I'm trying not to be biased, you know, with my personal preferences, but the prospect of taking at least one defensive player in the first round, or even if it ended up being two defensive players in the first round, I'm, I'm all for it. I know, and I get, and I understand the appeal and the, the longing for a quarterback by the fans and anybody else, but I just, yeah, the, a lot of these guys, especially the guys available in the top 15 as defensive linemen or edge rushers, there's some pretty special individuals, so um, there's one there's one quarterback prospect that one draft Nick talking head described as being born in a lab. Uh, we've got that talking head in studio. <laughs> it's John Harris. <laughs> the case for the Texans drafting Anthony Richardson. John Harris either shoots it down or builds it up. Uh, and I, I guess we, we might as well talk about COVID, too. Uh, that's coming up next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, now, uh, John, I know you're a very level-headed person. Sean Pendergast out today, and Sean, uh, John Harris will be in. Sean's out till Tuesday. I'll have, uh, I'll have Sean Bajani in tomorrow. So, John, I, I know you're a very level-headed, rational, logical person, <laughs> and yet I feel, like you, uh, I feel like you're a lemming when it comes to getting excited about Anthony Richardson. I feel like you, uh, yeah, you, you, saw him, you saw him pull off a whole bunch of magical tricks at the Combine, and now you're talking about how he should be a top three pick overall. Okay. Tell me, tell me, tell me what's gotten into you. What, what, what did well, you drink? No, hold on. Hold on now. I said that because there are lemmings in the NFL that will make that pick. Ah, that's that's what I said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Accepting the fact that it's probably going to happen because teams are going to be blown away by his physical stature. And if you if you think about the draft process, coaches and in some cases GMs don't totally dive in to seeing these players until they get to the combine. I mean, Nick is Nick has said this. I mean, it's just this is truth. It's not just Nick. It's it's all these GMs. 
underclassmen you you you're aware of, you're certainly aware of, but you're meeting them for the first time. Yeah. And so when a freakazoid like Anthony Richardson walks in your room, you have that same reaction of like, damn. Like Darnell Washington, you're just like, holy cow. Um, and so you kind of have that reaction. And so my my tweet, first of all. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let me read the tweet. Uh, and and I, know I, was, I know I was taking your words out of context a little bit because I knew you'd have fun with it. Uh, you said, born in a damn la- lab. Good Lord. I thought top eight to nine made sense, but it's time to accept the fact that two to three might be too low. There's a ton of work to do, but I've seen worse prospects slash quarterbacks drafted in the top three. Yeah. And so – my my point in that, and you're right, it sounds like I am all about drafting Anthony Richardson. And I I have him, I think, probably 18, 19. I can't remember where I have him in the Harris 100. I have number three, number three quarterback behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and that won't change. You got change. him uh, 25th at the one 25th. I'm looking at. Okay, yeah. 20, 25th so is it? 25th total player, but not, yeah. Okay, yeah, not. where did I have Levis? I got you Levis, Levis a couple above him, like, I think 23. Okay then. Okay then. then you maybe not be looking at the most. Oh, recent I'm looking one. at an old one then. Okay. Maybe so. Let me. Let yeah. me. Uh, I always record. Doing this on the radio is, is fantastic. <laughs> um, it's all right, man. So I got um, Richardson at 25, and I've got Levis. Okay. At, oh, 28. Okay, so yeah, I got Richardson yep. ahead of Levis, and I have them there because their inconsistency drives me absolutely batty. Yeah, it drives me crazy because. I don't, and, and I said this about you know don't double dip on the draft, or on the combine. I mean, you knew and I knew Anthony Richardson was just we knew he was a freaky. You could tell, man, just watch him run the ball, just watch him throw it. Like he's got freaky abilities. Oh, so he ran a four four. Okay, yeah. Don't double dip. Don't go into the combine going, well, yeah, he's a great athlete, and then give him even more credit for being the athlete I already thought he like was. Like once it can, just because something's confirmed right. that you already suspected or knew, like Absolutely. don't act like that's new information. Okay. Absolutely. Now, Claude Jacanti, I knew he was a good athlete, but when he ran four six seven, it's the fastest forty. Like I'm going to give him a little bit of credit. Like man, he's more, even more athletic than I thought. Anthony Richards is exactly what I thought, and so when you watch his film, you're like, dang man, ah, I'm so conflicted because you watch the Utah game to start the year, and you're like. He made plays that no other quarterback in his draft makes. Then he played Kentucky the next week, and he looked like a shell of the quarterback that beat Utah. You yeah. watch him against Tennessee, and he does things. He makes a throw set for a touchdown where he's in a pocket, and the pocket is just collapsing all around him. And he just dances, jump cut, backs up, slides right, slides back left, and all of a sudden he finally sees a receiver and throws a dart like 25 yards in the air at his receiver, spins out, touchdown. You're like, wow. It wasn't like he scrambled out of the pocket. He just managed in the pocket. I'm like, dang it, this guy's incredible. And then you watch him against Vanderbilt, and you're like, he just missed the check down by like three yards. He's like eight yards away. Yeah. And it's like my blood boils like watching that sort of thing. Yeah. So I am I'm keenly aware of the fact that you're imagining that, yourself coaching him, right? right. Like what, what that would be like. Right. Now, no. I will say this, and I I'd, I'd like to I'd like to shoot this down because I have I've I've heard and I love John Lopez, love him to death. But I've heard this from John, and I've heard this from a few. Well, his completion percentage was 53%. Yeah. Okay. You can do some pretty simple math here and realize there were a ton of drops and he had a number of throwaways. Even in the like three or four games I watched, there were at least two or three throwaways a game. Well, if you factor all those in, you're talking about a low 60% completion percentage. 
And why in the hell are we even concerned about completion percentage in college? There are dudes that are completing 70, 75% passes because yeah. they're throwing bubble and now screens. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? So That's where, well, yeah, I guess it's a, there's a, when people throw out the 50-some percent completion percentage, they're not all created equal. Right, there's exactly. A, there are a lot of different factors that go into that. Boom, you hit yeah. it. And that, that's the thing. I, I don't put it on completion percentage at all. But then you watch him, and, and I always say, just watch the film. Put the film on, bro. I mean, that's my famous saying. Put the film on, bro. Watch him throw a dig route and just drill it. And it's like yeah. a 22 to 25-yard throw on a rope. And you're like, yes! Same throw, no pressure, in the same game, and he airmails it three yards over his receiver's head. Like, huh? <laughs> so, so what, what happens conflicted. with a guy like him – like with Josh Allen, because it was easy to look at Josh Allen and see a lot of the same tendencies, um, the same low completion percentage. I mean, going back to high school, Josh Allen yeah, yeah. hadn't been an accurate passer. And, you know, it's been pretty well documented, some of the things he did to fix that, not to mention Stefan Diggs helped yeah. along the way. What, but how do you project that? Like, how do you say, okay, this guy reminds me of, uh, like, does this guy have those same those same factors that that could be improved the way it was with Josh Allen? Well, and that's... Therein lies the fact that, and I always say this when, it, like, okay, beyond Josh Allen, who? Um, well, like what kind of uh, Dak Prescott? But Dak wasn't as bad in college as, as right, those guys were. Right. And so my my point in that is Josh has really become the outlier. Yeah. And then you have to look at Josh as a as a singular entity, and you're like, okay, Josh had essentially to beg for a college spot. He wrote to colleges all over the place. Couldn't find one. He eventually has to go to junior college. He's still fighting for a spot. He eventually gets to Wyoming. Now he's got to fight even more because he's at Wyoming. And he starts growing and maturing physically. And his game just hasn't come together. My point in all that is Josh has been through adversity from, from a, you know, a playing standpoint. Josh put in the work, the time, the effort to get better at throwing the at physically throwing the football to the right guy, the right spot, the right time, the right velocity, etc. He put in the time, he put in the effort. And it's one of the things I learned from Dwayne Brown. And you're going to be like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. I learned this from Dwayne Brown, Seth. I famously did not like Dwayne Brown's draft pick. Did not like it. He's like the seventh tack off the board. I had seen him here at the Shrine Bowl. I'm like, that dude's flawed. There's so many things wrong with his feet. I don't like this guy. He's a former tight end. He's getting knocked around. I had a third-round grade on him. Texans draft him. I'm like, oh. But what I missed was this. He had athletic traits, which you could see. He was built like a, a house. Yeah. But he wanted it. He wanted to be great. He was willing to put in the time. And that was not something that you knew at that time about Dwayne. We obviously didn't know. The scouts were going to know. That's something they should know. Josh Allen had a desire to be great. It mattered to him to get better being accurate throwing the football. Now, is Anthony Richardson that way? Is Anthony Richardson built in such a way that the inaccuracy drives him batty and he works at that every single day? And that we're not going to know. I hope that's the case. I really do. But if you think you're going to walk into the league because you're so physically gifted and just take it over because everybody tells you you're special, you're hashtag built different, and you believe that, you'll be out of the league in three years. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you attack it the way Josh Allen did, and that was to work at it every year, and obviously Stephon Diggs definitely helped, 
you could start to smooth those issues over. And I, I saw him, and when people were like, well, how do you know he worked at it? Because I watched him. I watched him at the Senior Bowl do it. I watched him show up early and throw at that damn triangle net, you know, the, the net, the rectangle or the square net with the three things. Yeah. The first day he couldn't hit it. But he would come up early every day and work at boom, boom. Every day he was one of the first guys on the field. He was thrown at that net trying to get better at it. And by week or by the end of the week, he's throwing dimes. And I'm like, okay, oh, I'm seeing the work this guy's yeah. putting in. And you saw and you saw improvement within and one saw week. Improvement. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. I I can see that. Now, does Anthony Richardson have that in him? He was a five star recruit at Gainesville East Side High School, went to the University of Florida, spent three years, and it wasn't great. I mean, it was it was up and down, and then he just goes to the NFL. What kind of football adversity has Richardson had that he feels like, oh, he's got to overcome? So We'll see. If he's got that same way of attacking the game the way Josh Allen did, that to me is what makes Allen the outlier, is that he had that desire um, to be better at the game and then improve at it. And I saw it up close. If Richardson has that, then yeah, then he is absolutely, absolutely worth a top three pick. You know, it's, Just don't uh, know whether he has it. You know what's funny is that uh... <laughs> that Anthony Richardson, just like we've seen with Damian Pierce, um, uh, every time – one of those guys starts trending. Dan Mullen's name starts trending too. Is that blame? I'm like, man, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen wasn't even the coach at Florida this year, and he's getting blamed uh, for for Anthony Richardson not developing the same way that Damian Pierce. Uh, you know, basically, people were people were livid forever that they didn't use Damian Pierce more. So now, even when he, Damian Pierce does well with the Texans, Dan Mullen's name starts trending. So if it, yeah, if Anthony Richardson ends up being awesome in the NFL, Dan Mullen's going to hear about it forever. The Texans are going to draft those Cyrus Torrance and play Matt Guard, and he's going to be <laughs> awful. And it's Dan Mullen's fault. It's like, no, dude, he transferred last year to play for his former college coach. He never played for Dan Mullen. Yeah, but it's still Dan Mullen's fault. Mullen's going so, to take heat for everything that's gone wrong with a Florida prospect for sure. Are, are you – okay, what do you think of the psychology of a, a team just saying, all right, look, you know, you look at the hit rate on quarterbacks in the first round over the last decade, it's not so hot. Yeah. This is a huge crapshoot to begin with. The hit rate on proven NFL quarterbacks that get traded isn't so hot right now. If you look at the the top quarterback contracts, yeah. Um, if you if you say, all right, it's all a crapshoot, but the upside is the upside of Anthony Richardson so much greater that at least it's a calculated gamble if you take him over Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, or Will Levis. Like, do you look at the do you look at Anthony Richardson's physical upside as Far greater than those three guys, or no? I mean, physically, sure. Uh-huh. But when they're, you know, you've seen a two deep, right? And it'll say like OT or say OG or C for the center, right? Well, the two letters next to Anthony Richardson's name are QB. Yeah. And it no longer says ATH like it might have out of high school. The athlete Anthony Richardson should go number one. I mean, I don't know that there's a pound for pound better athlete in this draft. Maybe the kid from Northwestern, maybe Canty, I don't know. Anthony Richardson, pound for pound, might be the best athlete in this draft. He's yeah. not yet learned how to play quarterback. And so until he does that, to me, uh, he's going to stay number three. And that's not going to happen in this draft offseason. Now, his upside is tremendous. But is he going to learn how to play quarterback? And that is where you start bringing in, okay, well, where is he going to go? Where's the fit for him? And then That's you why think, Seattle makes right, a lot of sense. Huh? Seattle, ma- Seattle makes yeah. some sense. He doesn't have, to, doesn't have to go on the field right away. Maybe they can have some packages for him alongside yeah. Geno Smith. Maybe they could do some things with him. Uh, Seattle would make some sense where he could sit for a little bit. 
But I also think if you've got, and I, I don't want to, you know, I work for the Texans. I, Bobby Slowick is not called a game, but he was part of a staff that took Brock Purdy and turned him into a viable, not only a viable, like he turned him into a quality NFL quarterback, not quite overnight, but pretty damn quickly. So they're going to be offensive systems. Richardson might be able to ease into a little bit better. Yeah, There are going to be some that just not happening. And maybe yeah. a lot more of those. Plus, he's got to improve in playing the position. So at that point, I trust how Bryce Young could fit into a number of different systems regardless of his size. And I trust that about C.J. Stroud as well. I don't trust that totally about Richardson, and I definitely don't do it um, about the mayo eater in Kentucky. <laughs> Will Levis, who, by yeah. the way, found this out at the Combine. He's definitely afraid of milk. Oh, he's afraid of milk? Like how? I don't... I, like, he I, just doesn't eat dairy, or he's, he's no, like, like, actually like afraid of No, like, when he sees milk, like, he freaks out, like... He's grossed out by it? Yeah, like, my my wife sees a spider and loses her ever-loving mind. Apparently, yeah. that's the way he is with milk. Oh, that's some deep childhood no, I, trauma there. He's out. Yeah, I'm I out on him. Yeah, something, something, something happened to him that he hasn't worked through yet. Yeah, he's I mean, got. He's going to need some time in therapy over that. I don't know about face grades, but the fact yeah. that he puts mayo in coffee, eats a banana with a peel, and is deathly afraid of milk. That's too much weirdness. That's uh, that's too much weirdness. You can't have that much weirdness in a quarterback. You can have that in a Ben Jones, maybe. Uh, but the, and even then, it's a little out there. Yeah. Wait, what's this? Wait, eating bana- eating bananas with the peel. You haven't seen that? I knew about the mayo thing. I didn't know about the banana yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go look up Will Levis eating banana with a peel. Like, he eats the peel, too? Mm. Or does he, like, no, just like, squeeze it out through the... Nope, nope. 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 Just all right. All right. I'll watch that. I, the break. I mean, it's, I it's I can't I can't even do it, Seth. It is yeah. He literally eats the banana with the peel on. He said this like at SEC Media Days. Yeah, he just yeah. grabs it and eats it with the peel on. It's got to be incredibly good fiber, but I, uh, I guess still, yeah. Okay. I guess I, uh, I <laughs> it's a banana peel weird. on. I mean, the mayo and the coffee I kind of can get because. You're looking for something that simulates milk that's not milk, I guess? Well, it's butter, too. It's like any kind of, or I mean, um, like cream, like any kind of fat. Yeah, you know, yeah, butter, right. butter coffee's a big deal right. these days. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I bulletproof coffee. I can see that. I can yeah. see that, but deathly afraid of milk in the, the banana with the peel. Like, I, I mean, can you imagine walking into the Texans cafeteria like you've done a million times and, you know, you've seen all these guys and you walk in and there's your starting quarterback and he's just chomping away. On a banana with a peel on. Can I tell you the grossest Texans cafeteria story ever? <laughs> of course. It was in the first year of the franchise. This was a very expansion franchise yes. moment. There was a front office employee. So, like, not some player that had never been around, you know, right. <laughs> gentle folk before or anything. <laughs> like some kid from the backwoods of West Virginia. This was an actual front office employee that would go up to the uh, the fruit bar in the cafeteria and would, like, pick up pieces of fruit with his bare hands. Like, not like cut fruit. Cut fruit. This is not like a banana that he's picking up. Cut fruit. Like, would yeah, pick yeah. up a piece of cantaloupe, look at it, uh, <laughs> disapprove of it, and put it back on the pile. So, like, they had to put it – they had to send out a te- – they had to send out a memo to all the staff employees saying, hey, could you please not manhandle the, the cut fruit? Like, and then put it back on the buffet. This is like the thing you worry about when you go to a Golden Corral, right? Yes. That a, that a six-year-old's going to do something like that. 
This was a 45-year-old grown-ass man working in the front office of an NFL team. Seth, we, had have, to, we have that same plate of cut fruit every day at lunch, yeah. and there are five spoons in front of me. Yeah, yeah. And I've always wondered why there's so many spoons, <laughs> and now I, now I get it. It's a holdover from the days of manhandling fruit. Yeah, some guy would pick up a, a cut watermelon or something, like, oh, no, that, that watermelon's not for me, and put it back. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I'm not putting that on Will Levis. Not today, like, anyway. <laughs> there um, are no because you, you hear these stories from college. I used to love talking to uh, Kevin Bastine, who and and I feel bad because it's going to sound like I'm piling on the state of West Virginia. But Kevin Bastine was an athletic trainer at West Virginia for a yeah. long time, and he would tell stories about some of the kids that came in from the backwoods of yeah, West yeah. Virginia, yeah. whose ideas of hygiene were like. Far below the standards of, of, of normal civilized people. So they were like, it was, you know, a coal miner's daughter type stuff, teaching these kids how to wash underneath their fingernails and their toenails or to, to even trim their toenails ever. It was, uh, he said he saw some, na- in an athletic trainer, you're working on feet all day, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or like, you know, telling guys about showering and, and things like that. I mean, I and I'm sure so- it happens elsewhere too, but. It, it made it perfect that it was at West Virginia with Kevin. I always felt bad for Cap and Roe um, and our athletic training staff, you know, when Ben Jones would come back in after pregame because Ben had this ritual and has this ritual. Every game he's ever played, yeah. he goes out on the field with no shoes on. He just, whether it's cold, hot, doesn't matter, he goes on the field. And I'm thinking about all the different, you know, footing that you go through to get from a locker room to the field and I'm like how do you not step on every single game and I'm like then does he go get his ankles taped at that point like yeah. what does he do I'm like oh he's the guy <laughs> but that grass ah, oh. you know what though the grass is so pristine yeah. at most of the NFL times, fields yeah. it's just uh it is nice uh, uh when I heard about Ben Jones doing that, I actually felt like, oh, that's something I wish I had done more. But I, yeah, I would have, because Ben was already out there in his football uniform as he was doing it, like his football pants. So it wasn't like he was going inside and taking a shower and then getting his. No, his, no. He, now yeah. you can go in and wash your feet off, I guess. But I just, it was just always kind of, because I always go on the first bus and he would be on the first bus. So I would be up in the press box talking to you and, and, and Sean before the game. And I would just look out there. I'm like, is that Ben with like no shoes on? <laughs> and I asked him one time, he's like, yep, been doing that since, uh, well, back in junior high. And I'm like, oh, okay. Where's yeah. he from? He's from Alabama or uh, Alabama or Georgia. Georgia, I think. It's yeah. Georgia. And by the Sometimes. way, I want to ask you about that a little later, too. Oh, what's that? If Derrick Henry is traded, it's a full-on yeah. reset in Tennessee, is it not? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have to talk about that. Um, we also have to talk about this. I gotta, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yesterday I heard that uh, Bobby Slowick and Matt Burke, the new coordinators, were going to speak. And uh, I, I frankly was underwhelmed. I'm not, I don't get excited about coordinator interviews. I listened to them. And I'm just flat out excited now. I feel like there's a there is a different vibe around NRG Stadium right now and the coaching staff that I don't think we've had a long time, if ever. I'll explain coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.